0: Welcome to another episode of Total R&B. Today's guest is a singer from Toronto, Canada. She's also a songwriter as well, Um, originally from the Bahamas. So we're gonna get to know her and her music today. Welcome, Tika Holiday, to Total R&B. How are you?
1: Hey. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm just chilling, having a chill Sunday. (laughs) How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Yeah, Sunday is, you know, the day to just kind of relax, chill, get ready for the week ahead. So it's been pretty, it's been pretty chill so far. But I am happy that I get to um, speak with you today, because I recently discovered your music. And and yeah, I want more people to know who you are and your story. So I'm excited to have you here. And one of the things I just mentioned, too, is that you're originally from the Bahamas. I am. I wanted to know about that. So, you were born there. When did you come to Canada? Was it young? Was it recently?
1: Um, I came to Canada in 2017. um, So, pretty recently. Um, But I was very well known back home for singing. Like it's just always what I've done since like as long as I can remember. Um, So, it was kind of like easy to transition because it's like, if everyone knows you there, then the, the automatic next thing to do is go someplace where no one knows you.
0: Okay. Yeah. And did you move here with your family or did you do something like this on your own to you know get more into music over here?
1: well while i was working in luxury retail um i worked at this versace like show part oh like
0: luxury yeah
1: yeah like i had to wear like makeup all the time a skirt wow. and stockings and like i just had to like really femme it up like all the time and then like one day um i was working on the it's like Paradise Island, they call it, but it's just another piece of an island where they've developed and they've made it like a resort. And I was working on Paradise Island in a Versace store and one of the girls that worked at Atlantis, which is a huge, like well-known hotel, she was like, hey, Atlantis thinks you're amazing and they want you to write a commercial. And I was like, wow, I'm quitting today, like, (laughs) and then, I never looked back. I quit on a Monday and I like came to Canada like two months later. I was just like, yeah, I have to do this. I have to just step out on faith. I have to just believe that what I'm doing is what I want to do. And I know I can't do that in the Bahamas. So it was time to go.
0: No, I, I love that. Well, first of all, because we all know Atlantis, like we see the commercials here and everything. So for them to choose you to create, of that that song that for them is a huge deal but I also like the fact that you stepped out on faith and you took that leap because a lot of people are in places where you know they become like the hometown hero but there's not there's nothing for them more for them to obtain so they kind of get stuck exactly. in one place so I think that's good and that's very brave of you because a lot of people I mean that's a fear right
1: of yeah I, I never wanted to be the hometown hero because I never wanted to like Be at the expense. I never wanted to be a martyr for the music industry in the Bahamas. Like, I never wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to be a person that was like, hey, I went somewhere, I did what I wanted to do, and now I'll come back and help who I can. But I never wanted to just stay there and try and see what would happen.
0: Okay, yeah. But taking it back, like, before you left the Bahamas, do you know what your your first memory of r music? Like what it, what was it that really attracted you to it?
1: Well, in high school, when I was around like 15, I was in this group called Lex Mentis with two rappers and I was the singer. Okay, and okay. Um, we got pretty popular around like the high schools. We'd like perform places and stuff like that. And I think my first, that was my first memory of creating r myself, mm-hmm. but I, R&B was always around me. Like I grew up sharing a room with my sister who was like eight years older than me. So there would be like Usher posters on the wall, Aaliyah posters on the wall. Omarion would be staring back at me. I would, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to sleep. There's Omarion on the wall, like touch. Like, oh my God. So like, I've always, always, always been, um, like, engulfed around R&B. Like my dad would play the Commodores when we were kids or like lots of like the Sunshine Band, Cool the Gang. Like I've just always been around R&B and uh, which is funny cause growing up in the Caribbean, everybody really listens to a lot of dancehall and soca and like reggae and stuff. But my house was like a R and b house the whole way through. Wow, <laughs> that's what I wanted to
0: know too. Cause I know like, certain music is more popular in certain areas right
1: exactly
0: where you're from where you grew up with but to have a household with, that's playing like heavy r&b in the bahamas that's something me personally i wouldn't think is always happening so that it means- probably isn't <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing too the posters because i remember that too my room was like plastic from wall to wall with posters Everywhere, like exactly. <laughs> that's like something I would spend. Like if my mom gave me allowance, I would save it up and I would buy like Word Up and Write On magazine, and then fix up my room all the time. You sound like
1: my sister right now. <laughs>
0: I was, when said that, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is me!" Like, yep. <laughs> I started me and my younger sister. We like we got separate rooms at that point, so she didn't have to deal with all my craziness all over the walls. So. She yeah. looking in that case, in that sense. But that's yeah, not is. me.
1: <laughs> Mariah Carey was like, "Are you sleeping?" <laughs> <laughs> like it was everywhere, and we we slept in bunk beds, and I had the top bunk, so like all the posters would like surround me, and my sister would play like all the R and B songs that she like somehow got off the radio. She would like record radio shows on t- cassette tape, and like play those at nighttime. I'd be listening to like the most intense R&B songs. I'm like, Carl Thomas, I wish I never met her. I'm like, I don't even know who she is yet, but I feel this, I know this, (laughs) you know?
0: But it's that is so. I am your sister. I am her because I will be blasting this music. And my sister, I have an older one. I have a younger one. And sometimes they used to come in my room and they're like, are you okay? Are you are you going through something right now?" No, I'm like eight. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Good. I don't know what they're singing about, but I feel it. But yeah, they would be asking me. They're like, "Are are you sure you're okay? Did, Did somebody hurt you? Like, what's going on?" But The music, it just connects you. even though I'm not going through anything that they're going through.
1: Exactly.
0: It's there. But that is super, super dope. Um, And so did you know as a kid you wanted to to sing? Or that came later, like in high school?
1: I think as a kid, to be completely honest with you, my singing was, like, stifled. Um, Like, trying to sing a lot of times as a kid, uh, trying to, like, get the part or... Get the solo or like be the person that they chose, like it was almost never me. Um, and I've always loved to sing, but it was just never me. And uh, I think during that process of like it never being me, like it really allowed me to find who I was and like my voice because, like. I had a lot of time to sing to myself. I had a lot of time to sing the way I wanted to and and do the things I wanted to. And so like I would get the girls in the neighborhood and we'd have like girl bands and we'd sing and we'd make up songs and we'd do stuff like that. Um, Yeah, but I can honestly say like maybe honing my singing talent was all just me going maybe to my room because at church yeah I sang but I was in the choir like I never was a soloist and then I moved from one island to another island and then everything changed literally then I was the person that everybody was like "Ho, oh, mm-hmm. this person can sing like I guess I just had it I needed a change of scenery I just needed people that actually saw me and that's a lot of times all singers need they just need someone to see them you
0: know that's very true. I actually, um, I interviewed another artist from Toronto. Actually, his name is Jive, and mm. the same thing like his manager sees different things in him. So, she'll, um, she applied for the CBC searchlight contest for, nice. him. and he that's something he wouldn't have applied for because he didn't think that he would have won or gotten anywhere. But she knew, like, she's that like, he oh. could. yeah, so she saw that, and that pushed him. <laughs> Well, she kind of did it for him because he didn't really believe it. But yeah, sometimes you do need people that really believe in you or they see the greatness that's already within you to push you forward. And that
1: was definitely the two boys that uh, I was in in high school with. Those, they saw me, they saw who I was. They, 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 they literally saw me. It was like, I couldn't hide. I couldn't, I was just very transparent with them without even trying and they were just like yo we want you to sing with us we want you to be part of our team and then it just opened up from that i joined like the national choir after that like we went all over like north america like singing all over the place we sang at clarence avon's 75th birthday party of course uh we've opened for like the bahamas atlanta connection in atlanta and like i started to That's when I really started to own my voice because being a part of that national choir, I had to step up to the plate. Mm -hmm. They started giving me solos. They started giving me songs to lead. They started giving me the black national anthem to sing. They started like literally like saying, no, you're who we think represents everything that we want. And that's literally all it took for me to actually believe in myself and to actually start to listen to my own voice. But it took people believing in me first. So that's what it takes.
0: Shout out to all those people. I'm glad that they did see something because now we get this beautiful music that's coming out from you, you and you're going after your dreams. So shout out to all of them. And that's amazing that you got to do all of that with that choir, that experience too. Cause then that shows you too, what's possible.
1: Exactly, it, it literally showed me what was possible. It showed me that I was good enough. It showed me that my voice was worthy. And actually it showed me that as a black Caribbean person that I had no limits, that I could do whatever I wanted to do. And before that, growing up on an island where there's hardly anybody, there's like a like hundred people in your whole school, You know, you don't really feel like you can ever be anything. You don't ever feel like you can achieve more. But it just takes that one person that's like, yo, you're fire. And it'll just, it'll really invigorate you and make you be like, maybe I am fire.
0: (laughs) But that's what, I, I feel like that's what more people need is to know the possibilities. So even for like me, like I have like my initiative under the crown project where I do career talk and I talk to people that have like different jobs because I find that for me, I didn't know all the different cool jobs that are out there. You just know like your parents want you to be like a doctor, a lawyer or something like that. But I'm an ice cream scientist. Like she gets to make like different ice cream flavors and eat ice cream. (laughs) And I was like, if I would have known there's things like that out there, then maybe that would have changed my, my thinking of school and what I wanted to do and stuff like that. So exactly, I think it's important to see not only like you, what you're doing. So people back home can see that and they see like, okay, it's possible. I'm not stuck in just just this one place, you know? And yeah. I think it's also important for people to kind of like, you know, light a fire underneath people if they see something because you never know the change or the impact that it can make
1: yeah it can definitely make or break someone you know
0: mm-hmm. no definitely and then so as you're growing um this might be a dumb question because i don't know no
1: question's a dumb question <laughs> how did
0: you get the name tika holiday because i know you went by a holiday soul before so is that a part of your real name or
1: well tika is a part of my real name um, my first name is Glenn Tika. And actually, before I was known as Tika, I was just known as Holiday everywhere. Um, some people would knit, call me Billy too. Um, it was just like a moniker from Billy Holiday. Um, that a lot of people like back home would just say, and uh they would just like it just stuck. Like before I knew it, like it was my name. Like I was like, wow, this is my name. Thanks. <laughs> it's just Everybody just like ran with it. And then I was just like, okay.
0: And is that somebody that influenced you, Billie Holiday? Or they just gave you that? Uh, I would
1: I would sing like lots of Billie Holiday songs. Like um, I would do like lots of like covers. And a lot of people have told me that I have a soulful voice. A lot of people tell me that I'm not from the 2000s, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Um, so like, yeah, a lot of people back home, especially compared me to the great Billie holiday. And I don't know if I live up to that, but it's definitely a legacy that I enjoy people comparing me to.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's a good name to be compared to, right? She is a legend. She's amazing. Her voice was amazing. The the music was amazing. So I think that that's, someone great to be, you know, compared to, right? And yeah, it, also too. Do, it could be like something that's really heavy too. You might have that, like, okay, I gotta really bring it because these people are running around town saying like, you know.
1: Exactly. In a way, in a way it was very heavy. And then in a way it kind of like made me realize that like um, being an artist was not about me. Mm-hmm. um. Cause a lot of times when I would sing around the Bahamas around the country in the different islands I would realize that people connected with what I was saying. And so I realized that I had a bigger purpose than just being a singer, but I had to reflect the times. And that's something that Billie Holiday does that's something that Nina Simone does it's something that all the greats did. And so I was just like, you know what? I can step into that because I have no problem talking about things that make people uncomfortable, <laughs> even if it is just in song.
0: But I think that's something that is, um, that's missing, unfortunately. Like I was going to bring up even the the latest single that you have, Black Love, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's something that's missing in music. You don't really hear about that anymore in songs. I know like, um, wale will talk about black love and black women in his music but it's
1: so funny because wale was the original rapper that i wanted on black love
0: wow. and, uh,
1: yeah we were in talks with wale's manager Hovain. shout out Hovain and all those guys over there johnny snipes it was a really um i just didn't have the funding at the time wale if you see this i'm coming we're gonna do it i just gotta get the money But Wale was actually my original, um, he was the person I wanted on Black Love originally. So that's-
0: That would be super dope because (laughs) I heard that song, I'm just like, it reminds me of something that he would do, or of course a topic that he would talk about because he's very much about, you know, he's not afraid to talk about his love for Black women, for Black people.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I think that would be super dope. So hopefully that happens. I'm going to put it out there that it is going to happen. It's coming. It's going to happen.
1: Wale, do it for free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it's a great song. So how did you come up with that? Like, How did that whole process
1: for that um, happen? So I'll be completely honest with you. Moving from a predominantly Black country to a country like Canada was very, um, it was a culture shock. Uh, and... It was something that I realized that, whoa, maybe you weren't prepared for this. Maybe this is a lot. Um, and throughout that whole time of going through the immigration process, of going through like just growing pains, not being able to find a job, not being able to like just living that like straight up artist life, you know, moving from home to home and stuff like that. I started to realize that like black love was something in Canada that wasn't being talked about at all. And uh, for me, that was weird (laughs) considering there's so many black people here, so many black influences, so many like great black artists. And I literally said to myself, I'm like, you know what? I don't care what the people in Canada are singing about like this is this is what I want to talk about. This is what I hope another black kid hears and they're like, "Wow. I I feel great about this. I feel welcomed. I feel like I belong." And I feel like a lot of the music that's coming out today it's, it doesn't really reflect us as people at all. Um And I'm all about like the fun stuff. I'm all about the great stuff. I'm all about dancing. I got some dance songs that are coming out too, but I felt like last year in such an intense social climate where black people didn't realize or understand what was happening, that Black Love was perfect. And it was a record that I needed to get out there. Even if I wasn't finished my EP because I wasn't finished, but I knew that Black Love was a song that I couldn't wait on. And I had to get it out there because I needed to feel it. And I'm sure that everyone that listened needed to hear it.
0: No, definitely. Because when I heard it, um, that's what I said. I said, especially with the year that we just came out of, it is so needed. It was very heavy for Black people. And it's very true that here in Canada, we don't talk about Black love. We don't show Black love. Um, You have to basically look towards the United States to see any type of, you know, Black love on television. Um, If you hear it in music, like how I mentioned Wale, he's an American artist. But here in Canada specifically, it's kind of like nowhere to be found. I agree. And it's so true. I didn't even realize that when you said, like, coming here, like, being, like, kind of, like, a culture shock because you're used to a place where, you know. I'm the majority. Yeah. And it's funny because when I travel, like, I'll travel to a place like Atlanta and just. People at yeah, home. Yeah. <laughs> you get off the plane and you see Black people everywhere. And it just puts a smile on my face because I'm not used to it. I'm I'm exactly here. This is where I'm I'm from Montreal. So I was born and raised here. So we have a lot of things. It's not only being Black, but it's being Black, it's being a woman. And then I'm Anglophone.
1: And you're an English speaker as well.
0: Yeah. So English is my first language. French is my second. So that also kind of puts like three strikes against me, right? So it is very difficult to navigate sometimes because of those things. but. It is so true what you said. Like, it's only until I started traveling outside of Montreal where I realized, like, places like Atlanta where, you know, you'll see Black people everywhere. Black people in suits. and They you know, run it. It's a city. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, honestly, it's a beautiful thing to see. And even if you're in the airport just, you know, changing planes or something, it's just like a, you know, a little stop. Like, exactly. you're just engulfed in Black culture just in the airport, which is insane. because it's totally different here in Canada. So the song Black Love is, it's something that was definitely needed. And I did enjoy the performance that you did with R&B Radar. Thank you. That was super dope as well. So I look forward to more, uh, more music from you, of course, but more performances as well.
1: Yeah, I've done a few. I've done a few this year. I've done Sappy Fest. I did Girls Rock London. I've done a few pre-recorded shows, I did Big on Bloor, Um, yeah, so you'll see more shows from me, my album, it's called Georgie Bundle, and it's just all my, (laughs) Georgie Bundle is a saying that we say in the Caribbean, and it's literally just like your bag of shit, you know, it's like everything you got, it's your Georgie Bundle, it's your bag, it's your purse, that purse you carry around every day, that's, this EP is my purse. It's, it's my Georgie bundle, and uh, and I'm gonna be talking about lots of things that uh, maybe people don't talk about.
0: No, definitely. And then I do notice too, like even you naming your album, um, Georgie Bundle, and then also the song you released like a few years ago, the um, Boom Boom Guy, Like you still keep your Caribbean roots, whereas some artists kind of go away from that, I guess, to be more palatable. I don't know. But what is your, like, um, your thoughts on that? Like, making well, sure you keep who you are. I feel
1: like I've compromised enough musically just because my I don't get to sing in my accent. And I think that's all the compromising I'm willing to do. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's good because I think more artists need to be authentically who they are, you know? So yeah. I feel that all the time, like even like uh, a big artist like Rihanna, you know, she had to go and learn how to speak and to hide her accent, you know, as best as she could. I yeah. feel like now because she's who she is, it's more acceptable for her to be herself.
1: It's true. It's true. Uh, like sometimes I I can talk in a really really like thick Bohemian accent. And like I was doing an interview and I had to do the whole thing over cause they were like, no one understands you. Uh, like <laughs> I did a podcast called Putting It Bluntly where I talked about uh, marijuana and frequencies and cannabis and things of that sort. And even in that I had to code switch. So I feel like code switching and like changing my accent is the only compromise that I'm willing to do for my music. And so everything else, people are just going to have to listen to it. You're just going to have to listen to Black love because it's the only compromise I'm willing to make.
0: (laughs) I feel like it's just a great time to learn about other people, other cultures, other countries and cities. Like, research. Like, if you don't understand something, you know, Google is still free. (laughs)
1: It definitely
0: <laughs> so that, that's my whole thing about it like if I like a song and maybe I don't understand the references that they're making like I'm gonna look it up and then in turn I'm learning something new right
1: so right.
0: I just feel like people need to be more open and I feel like that way we're gonna get more authentic music we're gonna really learn about the artists how we want to we should be learning about them instead of a watered down version of who they right. are because they yeah, have yeah. to, you know. Yeah, um, a lot of
1: artists, a lot of artists today, they're chasing hits, they're chasing viral success. Um, but that's not what I'm chasing. Like I'm chasing literally being able to uh, say what I want to say, um, make it sound good, of course. Um, But what I'm really, really chasing is the freedom to be able to talk about the things that I want to talk about.
0: No, that's a big deal. That's like a big word, freedom. Mm -hmm. I think all of us are chasing freedom in our own respective fields. And I think it's crazy that that's still like something that we're chasing to be free after all of these years. But I think... I'm hoping, because of the last year and how a lot of stuff were revealed um, to people, I'm hoping that there is going to be a change so that we do reach that that freedom. But I feel like people are gonna maybe reach it regardless because like you said, you're not really looking towards the, you know the awards or you know, making it on this list or that list. you're you're doing it for the love of music. yeah
1: and it seems like it's working because I'm just getting put on those lists automatically just by being authentic and being myself you know like I'm literally every song I ever make is just me speaking on an experience you know Black Love it, it was like it was something that I needed for myself after coming here to Canada it was something that I needed to sing to myself it was something that I needed to sing to other people and I, it it was just it was just a part of something that I knew, that had even if only ten people heard it. If five of those people were black, they felt something. Yeah. And and that's that's all I wanted.
0: So, we have the album coming out. Mm-hmm. And do you have any? like professional goals or anything that you wanna see from this album once it comes
1: out? Of course, um, I would love this album to like chart. I would love to get like a billboard. I don't even have to get to like the top 10, like top 20 is great for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to like be able to like win a Polaris from this EP. Um, I would love for this EP to be recognized in a very like musical way that most artists would like but these are also not things that I'm chasing I'm definitely going to do the back work I'm definitely going to submit the album for Polaris juries I'm definitely going to submit the album for you know whatever else is coming Prism Prize whatever I'll submit for all those things um but yeah that's it's 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 because I know that the music I'm making deserves those things
0: mm-hmm.
1: but those things don't validate me
0: yeah you're gonna do it regardless
1: exactly and people are gonna listen regardless like before I came to Canada like people would listen people would press play like so i've never I've never had that issue where I'm like, oh I just released something I don't even have a hundred plays that's never happened to me yeah. Like, from the inception of making music, so for me, it's not about the numbers anymore. it's It's about the message,
0: no, exactly. and i I hope more artists follow that path and just let the music speak for itself, basically. Um, yeah, and I know here in Canada, what 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 was revealed to me within the last year, like, I find it really hard or maybe more difficult for R&B artists, because I feel like here there's limited, um, there's limited press opportunities here, there's limited maybe touring, I'm not sure, or even radio play, um, because even us here in Montreal, like we don't have a station that plays any hip hop or R&B like 24 seven.
1: Dang, Montreal, you gotta get it together.
0: Yeah, we, don't, <laughs> we, don't have, we have certain shows, like my show, that's Friday mornings, but how many people are listening to us from between seven to nine, you know, that's just a certain amount of people. Um, there's shows on the weekends, you know, that play like the Caribbean music or hip hop, but it's not, like you got to catch them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like an afterthought.
0: Yeah. So we don't have a station like that, whereas I know Toronto, you guys have stations.
1: Definitely. CBC has done a good job of that just this year. Uh, They started this show called The Block. Mm. uh, And there's a few other shows where I see like my songs play like on the Ryerson, like radio station. Shout out to those guys. Uh, And like Flow 93.7, they played me too. So these are like some, I guess, black centered radio stations here in the city for sure. But I think Toronto has no choice because all the artists and all the music that's good that's coming out of this city is by black people. And so you either get in or you get left behind Montreal.
0: <laughs> I definitely agree but does that make it um what's the word like does that change your your percep- your perception or your excitement sometimes with putting out music because it, it's it's it might be more limited here than let's say in the US?
1: Uh, I think um, if I wasn't signed to Vallejo Management and if I didn't have a management company, I think, yes. I think a lot of those things would definitely not just discourage me, but detour me. Um, But I think at this point, I personally feel like either Canada does it, America does it, the UK does it, but I'm gonna just, somebody's gonna do it. Like, you know, like you just have to go where they're doing it. Even if you don't stay, you just have to go.
0: No, but that's true. And that goes back to you before leaving the Bahamas to come here, you know, you just move to the environment where I guess whatever it is that you wanna do is happening where there's more opportunities. So definitely. And I wanted to know this is a bit more like of a, a fun question because things are, are opening up and tours are happening. So if you could go on tour with any artist, it could be more than one, which artist would you choose?
1: Um, if I could go on tour with an artist right now, I'd probably go on tour with Baby Rose. I'd go on tour with Joyce Rice. I'd go on tour with Serpent with Feet. I'd go on tour with Earth Gang. I'd go on tour with phony people. Um, I'd go on tour with practically any black person. (laughs) (laughs) Just about, (laughs) you know, unless you're like an abuser or something, then no. But, but yeah, I feel like as a soul singer and as a, a singer songwriter, and once I release Georgie Bundle, I think it'll be more apparent to people that I can make literally anything. <laughs> but it's just that I choose to make what I want to make. Yeah. But this album is a very like mix of lots of like pop, R and little soul in there. I'm rapping on a few songs, so. I mean, yeah.
0: And can you really tell like a little one. bit like, like what topics they're gonna be touching on? Cause you said you're gonna speak about a lot of things that maybe people wouldn't normally touch well, on. Well,
1: there's this one song on there called Green, um, where I'm talking about literally just being envious of the way I think white people move through the world. Um, the way that I think they, they're able to get things and able to find love and find things that the average black person is still actively searching and seeking for. Um, There's a song on there called Rowdy, where I talk about not giving, not caring at all about what anyone thinks of me as a black person, because like, I'm just here to literally, the lyrics go shake shit. Like I'm just here to like dance and like have fun and like, do whatever I want, you know? So like the album is just like a mix of like me literally sharing my experiences since coming to Canada. It's literally just my Georgie bundle.
0: I I love that. I can't wait to hear these songs.
1: Oh, you can hear them before anyone else. We're friends now.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> no, definitely so that we can have the 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 songs to play on our show. That would be great because we want to always support our Canadian artists. Because like I said, I, I find, especially here in Montreal, there's limited opportunities for artists to get their music out there. So if we can help that in any way, definitely let us know. Sure, for sure. But I, I can't wait because I feel like a lot of these songs too will be great conversation starters in groups too yeah you know, talking about things like touchy subjects that people feel they don't always want to you know discuss they can you know use these songs to discuss within their friend groups too so I yeah I, don't. I think
1: I think the songs themselves um a lot of people are gonna get lost in them they're gonna get lost in the melody they're gonna get lost in the feel good um but you're gonna have to read the lyrics because if you don't, you're gonna be dancing to some sad shit.
0: (laughs) So It's true, that happens all the time. Like even going back to me listening to music as a young kid and then getting older and revisiting those songs. Like I had no business singing (laughs) by the group Silk. No business at all. I shouldn't have been I had no business. (laughs) Like, Key Sweat, no business singing the songs. Like, there's a slew of artists and I was just like, what the heck is happening? But definitely, but if you're a music head, you definitely are paying attention to the lyrics. I mean, that's just something that we do, especially those that were like buying the CDs opening the booklets, reading the credits, reading the lyrics. I love when artists put the lyrics in the booklets so that I could like follow along with the songs and dissect it. So definitely. But yeah, there's a lot of people that do get lost in the melody and the beat of the song and they're dancing and they don't know what they're dancing to. Like, oh, <laughs> my cousin actually, my cousin, he lives in Toronto um, and he he's gay and he went out to a club and they were playing uh dance hall. So, of course, back in the day, there was a lot of lyrics in dancehall music that were against, like, the gay you know, people. community. But they didn't understand what they were um, dancing to. They were so-
1: dancing to boom, boom, bye or
0: something? <laughs> <laughs> so they were. I think the song was Log On by Elephant Man.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, very homophobic.
0: And my cousin like just stopped and looked around because he knows the music, he understands it. And he just saw all of the people just jamming, dancing, doing the steps and everything. And he just, he's like, yo, I literally just stood there and I just shook my head looking at all these people because they don't, they didn't understand what they were dancing to.
1: No idea. And I think that's part of why music is so freeing for us as Black people and why it is translated so well for us as Black people because... In slavery times, this is what we did. Um, We would always disguise our pain through song, through hymn, through things that most people just dance at. And uh, for us, it's it's a deeper connection and that's why Black music, R&B specifically, is so important because if we allow other people to come in and be a part of our R&B, and not speak of on the things that we we really created rhythm and blues to speak on then we have lost the art of what R&B really means and so like we have to keep R&B alive with songs like black love with songs like pick up your feelings with songs like lost ones with songs like damage you you have to keep The integrity of R&B because there's so many whisper singers now that you have to you have to come out and come out strong and mean something say something make an impact because for me like right now Black Love is sitting on 56,000 streams but I think that six years from now people are finally gonna catch up to that song and be like whoa you know because Like there's a line in that song where I say go-go boot to hell, and a lot of people, they're just like, wow, it's a cool, cool line. But like the go-go boot was created in the 60s as like this freedom and it's supposed to mean so much for women and women are supposed to feel empowered and women were supposed to feel like the new woman and they could go out there in their go-go boot and they could do whatever, but black women still couldn't vote when the go-go boot was invented. You know, and so that's why in Black Love I say go, go boot to hell, because it's like, yo, this go, go boot that, and all these other symbolisms that you do for us Black people to try and pacify us, they don't do that at all. You know, they just
0: also, all the other uh, movements that were um, created, whether they were created by black people and taken over by white people or started by white people, it never really helped black women. No. Even like the women's movement and feminism and all those things like that, they don't help us, you know, no, they weren't
1: created for us.
0: (laughs) So that line could go to the many different, like, Uh, Movements that happened throughout the years that was supposed to advance women or advance Black people that just didn't do anything. Didn't at all.
1: Exactly, and so that that line, like it, it's a lot more like deeper and intense than people actually realized when I was writing it.
0: But I think too, I think people will catch on. Maybe I'm too optimistic. I don't know. But I feel people will catch on faster because I feel like there's a resurgence for R&B. I feel like this past year, a lot of people have been really paying attention to R&B music. So I think people will catch on a lot quicker. I'm hoping that a lot of R&B artists um, come to the forefront, I guess, like more mainstream and get recognized more because I feel like there's so many talented artists but just people just don't know who they are. I agree, so I
1: agree.
0: I, I'm hoping that it's hap- it's gonna happen a lot quicker. In my mind it is, I don't know what's really gonna happen.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we have to be the change we wanna see and you're already doing that with your podcast. You're doing that with just like showing up in the world every day as a black woman that's championing black music and I appreciate that. I think you're doing amazing.
0: Thank you so much, but it's just I don't know. It just I knew that I was into music always. Like my mom and my sisters even tell me they're like, "How do you know these songs?" Like I will literally be in my room and I'm listening to songs from like the 70s, the 80s because that, it just it just gives you a feeling. And it does seeing those songs reappear in newer songs that came out and knowing like the history of like, okay, they got this from The Whispers or they got this song from The, the Four Tops or something. I don't know. But yeah, it just, the music just, I don't know, it just moves you and the words, the lyrics and everything. Like I just love R&B music. So I just feel like a lot of artists, they need that these outlets to tell their story. Because I feel like there's there's no outlets for R and B artists really, especially in Canada. Like
1: it's true. Nothing.
0: And we have amazing artists here, which is crazy.
1: I know. It's 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 crazy how much they haven't supported RB here. Uh, cause it's such an untapped market that I think they don't realize and R and B is the number one. It is the biggest genre in music right now. Yeah. Like, it's next to hip-hop and rap. It's, like, on that relevancy, you know?
0: Yeah. And I even feel, too, like, even um, the older artists that we have here from Canada, I feel like their voices, they're, like, heavyweights. Like, they are amazing. Like Shout out Julie Black. Julie Black is phenomenal. Her voice is amazing. Uh, Tavia's awesome. voice is amazing. And I feel like Canada just doesn't really talk about her that much. Um, They'll talk about more about Deborah Cox and her voice is insane.
1: Yeah, her voice is insane. I've been watching Deborah Cox on First Wives Club. Have you seen that?
0: I haven't seen First Wives Club. I need to get into it. You got
1: to get into it.
0: But she is amazing.
1: She's so good.
0: Like she needs to be, I, I feel like just our artists, even though they had to leave in order to make it big, or transition in other fields, like, you know, Julie Black, you know, hosts different television shows and does different things. Like, they just need to be recognized for the music and the contribution that they made to the industry because, and they're all powerhouses. There's no, we don't have (laughs) whispers. We don't have,
1: like. Exactly, and that's singing that's singing, powerhouse singing is singing. It's what R and B is made from. It's it's where it's derived from. Like yeah. you can't whisper sing R and B, guys.
0: <laughs> live performances, like I'm big on concerts and live performances. All of those artists that we named, their live performances are always on point. Even Melanie Fiona, she is amazing, and I feel like they don't get the recognition here, and it's crazy to me. It yeah. I don't I don't get it. But hopefully it changes really soon. It will.
1: It will. It will change. And if it doesn't change, like we have to make it, you yeah.
0: know. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of things in place like um I don't know if you heard about the group Advance.
1: Yeah, Advance Music Canada?
0: Yeah. So I feel like they're doing things um to push you know, the movement forward with that. So I think that's great. Um, So I hope there's more things that pop up that help with the Black community, with R&B music, hip hop music, and even us as Black people, you know, getting more jobs within the entertainment field, because then I think that also helps to getting our artists out there.
1: It's definitely true. It's true. It's like Black people understand Black music and you have to give more Black people in there and The more black people you have on your team as a black artist that's making black music, the more that you can reach the people that you actually want to reach.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So I do see that change happening. Maybe I see it happening quicker. I don't know, but it's definitely going to happen. So I want to switch it up. We're going to play a little bit of R&B trivia. Yay. (laughs) I'll go. So I have seven questions. So we'll see how you do. Maybe these questions will be like dumb easy. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so our first question is, Brandy's song, Sitting Up In My Room, was a part of which movie soundtrack?
1: Waiting to Exhale.
0: Ding. Okay, that's <laughs> um, Oh, this one should be easy. Uh, which singer is known as the queen of hip hop soul?
1: Mary J. Blige
0: correct all right how many grammy awards did lauren hill win for the miseducation of lauren hill album is it a 3 b 5 c 4 or d 6
1: i think it's d but i could be wrong
0: it is b 5
1: five, five okay awards
0: that night. um the next question Coco, Taj and Lily are a part of which R&B girl group? SWV. Bam. Okay, you got that one. Um, the original members of Destiny's Child included which of these singers? Is it A. Solange Knowles, B. Farrah Frank. Oh, I can't even say that. Farrah Franklin, C. Latoya Luckett, or D. Michelle Williams.
1: Farrah, for sure. Or was it LaToya?
0: It's LaToya.
1: You know, LaToya, I don't even remember LaToya's Destiny's Child now. LaToya, really? yeah, I say torn. LaToya lucky torn. That's what I know. Like, <laughs> Destiny's Child for me, I'm just like, ugh, it was Kelly, Farrah, Michelle, and Beyonce.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that was the, the second lineup for Destiny's Child with Farrah in it. Um, but, yeah, LaToya's, like, doing her thing. Like, she's, like, an amazing actress now.
1: Yeah, I know her for, like, her single stuff more. Yeah. You know.
0: No, definitely. Um, next question is, what is the name of Mariah Carey's first single?
1: Hmm, was it Honey?
0: Oh, no one gets this question. This is so crazy. It's is is it? Vision of Love. Vision of Love? I actually
1: know that song. <laughs> I know that song. Dang. Sorry, bro.
0: <laughs> and the last question. Um, the 1986 album, Rapture, was by which artist? A, Anita Baker, B, Sean, C, <laughs> Stephanie Mills, or D, Patti LaBelle?
1: It was I mean, Anita it was Baker. <laughs>
0: that is a correct. So not bad. You got a total of four out of seven okay but I always get people with the Mariah Carey single everybody goes to they either say honey or they say my all so they they stick to the that album the butterfly album
1: the butterfly album is how I know Mariah Carey like that's when I was introduced to Mariah Carey for sure like I think Vision of Love was probably my sister
0: like probably yeah because that's older that's like in the early 90s
1: yeah and i was born in the 90s so <laughs>
0: but that i think too because like butterfly is like a classic album of hers like everybody loves it i think that's even like her favorite album from her
1: <laughs> i'm sure it is mariah is like uh yeah i liked it when i worked with the guys
0: <laughs> she got to do her own thing
1: yeah you could tell she loved it
0: yeah because that was that was her that's what she always wanted to do but wasn't able to but yeah not bad four out of seven um i want to thank you so much
1: I get better at that
0: <laughs> it's okay next time there's always next time we'll do another r&b trivia uh, quiz but i want to thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today i thank you so time. much for inviting me of course and learning so much everybody please remember the album is coming out
1: It's called Georgie Bundle. It's seven tracks and I might put a bonus in there, but for sure it's seven of those tracks and they're all really, really good. If I do say so myself, (laughs) Um, but yeah, Georgie Bundles. i worked really hard on this album. It's my first EP in Canada. My first full body of work here with Mostly Canadian uh, producers, Canadian mix and masters. Uh, it's just like a really, really, it's a labor of love for sure. And I think people will love it.
0: Definitely. And for now, please check out Black Love, listen to it, watch her performance with r&b Radar. It is on YouTube as well. Uh, definitely check out her pages, stream the song everywhere that you can stream music follow her on social media what are your social media handles actually
1: everything is tika holiday that's t-i-c-a holiday you just everywhere just google search it everything's the same
0: love that thank you once again tika for coming on total r&b
1: thank you so so much
0: that you're coming out with that you're gonna drop and we're always here to support so definitely you know hit us up yeah
1: I'm definitely sending you the EP. Look out for it.
0: (laughs) I'm super excited for that. So I'm definitely going to be listening. I'm going to be dissecting lyrics. I'm going to be learning. I cannot wait. Once it's out, definitely it will be played on uh, our radio show on CKT. The Morning Detour will definitely have it up on there as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. everybody, thank you so much for listening. And next week, we'll be back with a new episode. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.